Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we are going to talk about leveling up your systems. Geez, so we had a lot of pre-show chatter about this. Yes, quite a bit. <laughs> Let's see where we go with it. Right. Uh, so this, the inspiration for this comes from the 200th episode. We released a bunch of excerpts from past interviews. And one of them stuck out as really useful, at least for me right now, which was the, mm-hmm. the quote from James Clear about, you know, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I, I, I and in the pre-show banter, we were talking about books and writing books and, you know, Rochelle's making progress on the authority code. And or I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Did we say the That's name okay. before? Okay. No. And yeah, I, I outed you. <laughs> We've had people, you know, vote on the cover, so it's out okay. there. Okay, um, and, and making good progress, but you know, having at the stage that she's at or you're at, Rochelle, there's there's like certain kinds of resistance cropping up, um, and in the you know, and I have a an unfinished sort of just sitting there book project. It's probably like I don't know a third to a halfway done um, that I just haven't been getting to, and I started it. Uh, I started it before the pandemic, and and I had a lot of changes in my day-to-day routines at that, you know, in March. And as we were talking about this before the show and all of these things sort of came together, I'm like, oh, my systems that I had when I had an office and, you know, wasn't within 20 feet of my kids 24-7, <laughs> I had a different kind of routine, not, not better or worse, it's just a different kind of routine. And the routine, or you could call it my system that I've kind of inadvertently fallen into, mm-hmm. does not support this particular large goal. And so it's kind of funny that we both have, you know, you're, we both have this not quite finished or quite unfinished book project going on. And you also procrastinated for like t- 10 years 10 or years? something before you started. <laughs> but then, much. yeah, so maybe, maybe that would be a good entry point into the into this conversation. So so what changed after years and years and years of not writing a book, even though you knew you should, what changed and what, what helped you actually get that first draft to the editor? Well, I think the first thing that changed is I, I read this book called Published um, by Chandler Bolt, and he makes the case for writing every day for 30 days and completing a book in 30 days. And I'm like, that's impossible. That's not going to happen. Um, but what what hit me was there was a place in there where he wrote, the key is to not edit anything you've already written, or you'll wind up with two perfect chapters and no book. <laughs> and I went, head slap, totally that is true. me. I had two perfect chapters and I never got to the third. It's like I just, my brain would stop. So for me, it was it was just seeing that in print. And I just, I saw myself and I thought, okay, so obviously I need to just shut up and give this approach a try. Like what's the worst that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. I already mm-hmm. haven't produced a book. <laughs> so so the, it, was, it was the piece about not editing. And I decided to try his 30-day approach. Um, now I should say that he also, a lot of his audience are people who are writing like about their life experience. So there's no research involved or interviewing or the kinds of things we tend to think of with an expertise or authority book. So uh, he does recommend doing outlines ahead of time, which you know I had done before, done outlines, but I'd never done a, kind of a visual map 
of the book. And I found for me that unleashed something. I started to think about the book differently when I was drawing it out. And, and so, yeah, I, can you paint a little bit of a picture there? Like, are you talking about a grid or like a mind map or just kind like, of like sticky a notes? Mind, kind of like a mind map. You could do sticky notes. I've seen images of people who did that. Um, in fact, um, if I didn't want to mess up my wall, I probably would have done sticky notes. So <laughs> I like doing that. So what I did is I, I took a blank sheet of paper and a, like three different colored markers and I would draw a circle in the middle about the chapter. And it's kind of like a chapter title, but it, what I started with wasn't what I ended up with. But it was an idea for a chapter. And then I just drew lines out from that in circles and squares and different colors. And what did I want to cover in that chapter? And I started with the outline so that I wasn't missing anything I'd already thought of. But there was something about seeing it in my handwriting with the colors and I just and sticky notes would work great too but it just there was something about that that seemed to bring different ideas the other thing I really liked about it is by the time I got to the end I could mix and match so I could say oh well maybe this isn't chapter two maybe this is chapter 10 Mm -hmm. and you it's easier again for me it was easier to see them all laid out so that changed. And the other thing is that I had never done as detailed an outline as I did this time. So I would say, you know, chapter one, I'd write a paragraph. This is what I'm going to cover. Chapter two, you know. But what would happen when you actually start to write is, I, tell me this has happened to you too, is you get on chapter three and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Should I put this here? Or like, where does this concept go? I was thinking it was here, but it feels too soon because we haven't talked about X. So there's that thing. And I I feel like I got stuck on that before. Mm -hmm. And until I actually started writing without editing, I I just, I had to try it. It was like, well, I think that's going to go in chapter seven. So, all right, I'm not going to write about it here. I'm going to make a note to remember to do that over there. And I'm going to just keep going. And so that for me, that was the habit that I had to, change or invest in, in order to think differently about how I was going to do it. And the other thing that I did, which I hadn't done before, is I went very public. And I said, listen, you know, I I just can't believe I haven't been able to make myself do this. I am going to do this. I am going to write every day for the next 30 days, and I am going to produce a book. (laughs) What I didn't say, but what I was saying in my head is, it may suck, but I am going to produce a book. And I'm happy it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy it doesn't suck. Yeah, but but so so the other piece of that for me was saying it publicly because I just I mean, what kind of a coach am I if I can't produce what I set my own mind to? Right. Okay, so let me let me just bullet point that. So you had you had this long-standing desire yes. to write a book in the first place. You had that goal. Then you had this moment of insight around that book where you're like, oh, I, I've got two perfect chapters instead of like a like a bunch of chapters that need to be edited, like a complete mm-hmm. book that needs to be edited. Then you mapped out the content to a certain extent, not to, not to perfection, but like mapped it out in much more detail than you had previously. You went very public with the, the idea to kind of keep yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. You were extremely specific about the time frame and the activities. I'm going yes. to write every day for 30 days. Like it'd be hard to get more clear than that. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, I'm going to write at least a thousand words every day for 30 days. So very, very specific uh, plan. You could, I mean, I think all of these things together are the system, but mm-hmm. but certainly very specific plan. And then 
and a date that you were going to start because I know you didn't just say this, but yes, you've said August it before. August 1st. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started on August 1st. What did you find when you first sat down when you're like, like, okay, I, this is the, <laughs> this is the thing? Like, did it feel like you had to break other habits to do this one? Or like, I know you, you had a little bit of, a little bit more free time than usual that month. Yeah, which was other part people of the time. Yeah, that was part of the timing. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, I think Stephen Pressfield, you know, talks about it best in his book, The War of Art. It's like you're going into battle because, but you're going into battle against yourself. And the hardest thing for me was that when I would get, and I don't even want to use the word stuck because it wasn't stuck. It was just like, oh, so how do I make this decision? I'd want to go like, I don't know, look at social media or (laughs) look at a rug online that would look really great in, in this room. You know, it was, it was is that kind of uh, like a shiny ball syndrome almost Mm -hmm. and I really had to resist against that and the other thing was that I'd had a couple things on my calendar already that were going to eat up time on specific days and so I was like okay I have to make sure on this day where I'm booked except for two hours that I've got that two hours to spend on the book and I for me that was really stressful it was like I've got I have to I have to live up to my commitment. And my commitment that I made to myself was I would write, um, the book recommends an hour. After I read his process, I'm like, oh no, that's gotta be two hours. So minimum two hours every day, except on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, I said one hour. And I always wound up doing two. <laughs> so yeah, because once you sit down. Um, but yeah, it was that it was that feeling. And because I hadn't, well, because I'd failed before, to finish it's it gets really hard to try like the third time or the fourth time so the beginning was the hardest for me um and then one or two points where I was trying to figure out what to do with one concept like I was really struggling and and I just stopped and I slept on it and I came back the next morning with an idea that wound up working Mm. so it's it's the it's that's the other piece is not getting so crazy that I couldn't just walk away and go do something else cool so yeah so moment of insight no editing mapped out the content went very public with it set a date and a very specific plan to hold yourself to that you that was awkward at first or scary at first or like uh, toughest at first whatever you want to call it but then got into a rhythm and you know, dare I say, became enjoyable or is that overstating yeah. it? No, it, it, it did. I mean, I'm not saying that every moment was enjoyable, but it's it's like having a big audacious goal that you're working on every day. So you, I don't know, For again, for me, everybody's different, but for me, I felt like like I was on this path that I had wanted to be on for so long and I was doing it. So it yeah. was like, it was its own energy source. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's you made me think of um, in 2019 when I went through black belt candidate training, and it was like oh, it was like yeah. I don't know nine hours a week in the school plus time. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but no, I think that's about right. No, not nine hours a week. Yeah, it was. Jeez, it was. So you know, it, but it was, and, and there were you know all these other people, six other people in my class who were young and and like me when I was in karate when I was a little kid and for me I was like in heaven the whole time because (laughs) this was a story I had been 
I had kind of written about myself, like where, you know, when I was 16, I was testing for my brown belt and I broke my ribs and I never, you know, I never went back. I couldn't do karate for six months and then I never went back and I always regretted never getting my black belt. That was like a story from my life, a defining story. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, I should really write a book. I should really write a book, you know, for a long time. And then when you're actually doing it, you've been wanting it for so long that it's like, oh yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was blood and vomit and and tears and every I mean it is like intense but the whole I was like there wasn't a moment when I wasn't completely enjoying it I was just like this is the best thing ever yeah <laughs> it's like well, a 12-week tough mutter well and you're pushing I think it's true whenever we have something really big and we're pushing through it you feel powerful. It's like people who pick up and move and go to another city. And then all of a sudden, oh, they drop 10, the 10 pounds they've always wanted to drop, they do. Yeah. Or, you know, they start this exercise program and then they decide, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and get this degree in something. It's, yeah. yeah it's, and it's great to test our limits too. Mm. So that's a perfect segue into my book writing situation that I hope will be, I hope both of these stories are inspirational because for folks who are listening, because I know lots of people have a book in them, probably everybody has a book in them somewhere Yeah. at some point, but there's probably lots of people listening who really should write a book and, and are dealing with a lot of these things. So the thing, the thing with me was, I mean, I've written like, I don't know, depending on how you count them, like seven or eight books, something like that. And, and you should have this down, right? Right. It should be easy. (laughs) And and in 20, 2019, the end of 2019, my big goal for 2020 was to write a bunch of books. I even had a, a slack called 10 in 2020. I was going to try and write 10 books in 2020. And, and I, I had systems in place at the time that I, that I think, I think I could have, it was not, it was unrealistic, but it wasn't impossible. And I thought, well, if I only write eight, and And remember one of your books was really different for you your your sci-fi book I mean yes fiction I mean yeah writing fiction is totally different right and so so I laid out a a bunch of plans like how am I going to do this and I had sort of strategy for it to work and plans and even did some of them you know like part of my part of my cheat was that they weren't all going to be like probably what you think of when you think of a book. So like one of them was the audiobook version of Hour of the Billing is Nuts, which I did. Mm-hmm. And it was it was super fun. So glad I did it. Um, another one was uh, going to be a rule book for a game, which is only about half done. And another one was this fiction book that we got. I'd say we got about a third of the way into it with a co-author, Kelly. It was like super fun, very eye-opening experience. And someday I will definitely go back to writing fiction. But I was like, wow, this is a completely different animal. But the really, really the one, the one that I really should write, if I was only going to write one book in 2020, was one I had only the idea and title for, which was Ditching Hourly. Um, obviously, that's like super on brand with my hourly billing is not mm-hmm. stuff and my other podcast, Ditching Hourly. <laughs> and, you know, and I had the, I, I always start with a title and a subtitle. And from there, I'm like, well, honestly, before that, I start with who's this for? And I, but I already, that's sort of implied, like I know who it's for. It's for the people on my mailing list. Um, you know, people who are currently trading time for money, billing by the hour, independent professionals that want to make more money without working more hours. So, so I knew who it was for. And I had the, the concept, the title for the book and the subtitles, basically the concept. 
And it was, you know, some number of ways, mm-hmm. like 45 ways to stop trading time for money. And it's like, and I wanted the whole book to just be examples of different ways that people who are in professions that bill by the hour could flip the script and start selling products and, and services in maybe a productized manner or fixed prices on project proposals, all these different examples. And that's really the book that I, I should have written a year or two ago, because these are questions that I, I need to answer all the time. So what happened? So 2020, I had this big writing group. I was hoping that it was going to help, you know, keep everybody, including me, accountable. I had a bunch of writing partners. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened in uh, and in March, I closed my office because it was pretty expensive and I wasn't using it at all and couldn't use it. And I was like, oh, you know, and here's here's where here's this insidious piece of this story is I was like, oh, well, it's okay. I got the office in the first place because my kids were were toddler age, really loud. And and it was just impossible for me to do podcasts and have phone calls in the house. So I, I got an office and I did that for like four or five years. I'm not sure how long it was. And and I was like, oh, well, you know what? Come to think of it. This is a routine that I'm in. I, I haven't really questioned it, but now that I can't use it and I'm looking at this, you know, four figure expense every month, I should probably just shut it down because the kids are, are older now. There's plenty of places, you know, I'm recording the podcast from the house now. So I just did that, moved home, working from home again, as I had in the past. Uh, but I didn't, the insidious piece is that this is a, it, it created a totally different routine, AKA system for how I was doing my work and everything associated with my work. Everything from the environment, just visual environment, the the level of um, organization in the space, because like my office was very clean and organized and there's no very, really no chaos. I couldn't stand any kind of chaos there. But, you know, in a house with two kids, it's just not like a dog right. and, you know, everything else. So a lot of differences there. But the main one was that I get interrupted at least once an hour, every hour. And, uh, and not necessarily by the kids. Like So like at the beginning of this hour, you know, Rochelle and I are recording a podcast. I had a phone call right before that. Right after that, I'm going to, I'll probably have to go feed the kids lunch. And then after that, I'm going to have another phone. So the idea of having more than an hour or two as a block of time, I, I let that go without thinking about the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for yeah. me, it's similar to you when I, when I want to, to work on a book book, cause I write every day for the mailing list, but, but working on a book, it's going to take me a little bit of time to get back into it. Maybe not 15 minutes. Like once I find that when I just look at the last thing I wrote, I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I can just get right back into it. Um, but That's I, good. That's good. So you should be able, in theory, to write in smaller increments. In theory. But the thing is, I actually, <laughs> this is weird. This is total resistance excuse thinking. But I like it so much when I'm doing it that I get furious when I get interrupted. Ah. So I'm almost afraid to, to, to write because I know... I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to lose my temper, but you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. get, getting interrupted. Like when I was in the office, no, uh, it, it would maybe once every two weeks, the Poland spring water guy would knock on the door and I would like, fly into a rage, you know, <laughs> in, internally, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm working, you know, I, I wouldn't right. in, inside. Right. I'd be screaming, you know? Right. Um, so knowing how little I just I just don't like that feeling and it's not like I would take it on the kids or anything but it's like this it's this subtle thing where I've got this 
Google Docs tab open in my browser all the time. That it's, it's right there, it's open. I could just flip to that tab and start writing. But then my brain goes, oh, well, you, you've only got 15 minutes or you, know, you haven't got enough time to really, because I, I want it, you know, but I, I know this is silly. I've written plenty of books before and your story is exactly like the system I need. So what, what I, what I, the problem, the problem, like the, the story, what happened was I left this environment where I was, uh, where I had lots of uninterrupted time switched to an environment where I'm interrupted all the time mm-hmm. and didn't recognize or or take into consideration the effect that that would have on things that I already had in motion. So like once I moved home, there was, it didn't, I should have known immediately or could have known immediately that there was no way in heck I was going to get any serious writing done. Like it's just not going to happen. So the solution isn't to, for me to cry about it or ignore it, which is what I've been doing but to create a system and basically go through the, you know, map out the, con- I already have the map, I've done that. Uh, I went very public and then completely punted, <laughs> you know, I'm like a year and a half late. Um, I have not set a date and I have certainly not committed to a specific writing schedule daily, put it, you know, whether I put it in my, put it in my calendar is not what I need to do. What I need to do is is move other stuff off my calendar because yeah. I, re- I love like when I start the reason why I get so irritated when I get interrupted is because I love writing I love getting into it but to get into it you know I can do a 15 minute email and a daily email in 15 minutes and and not fear getting interrupted but if I'm like like jamming in the zone on like a, a tough yeah. chapter yeah I don't want to stop. I want to just keep yeah. like once you get into the zone and get over that resistance fear and you're in the zone, it's like a drug. Oh, and I know. I yeah, know. you just want to keep going. Well, plus for a book, especially um, the kind of book that you're talking about, you need the space to be able to think through. If you say X here, what does that mean for the next chapter, the next line, the whole book? And you've got to be able to do all that. So, so let me ask you this: So, are you ready? To commit to either a change in your system or a delivery date for the book that you then, you know, create a system around. Right. So I'm a big fan. I, I'm a sort of in the, the clear camp, James Clear camp on it's important to have a goal to know what system to create. But the, the, the goal doesn't motivate me in the moment to, you know, put on my shoes and go out and jog in the rain, you know, like wanting to lose weight doesn't motivate me in the moments when you don't want to do the thing. The thing that does motivate me is streaks and, and the, the being able to tick off a checkbox next to the thing I was supposed to do today. Like, so I, I would need to set a date to work backward from, but that the date won't motivate me. I've proven that it doesn't. I mean, I already had a date, so I know that won't work for me, but I do need to set one in order to reverse engineer a system. Well, you could do it the other way, though. You could, in this case, because you know you like to do it, your systems fell off, a lot of stuff happened, you needed to get back to it. You could do it the other way. I mean, I could see that that would work for you. Not for everybody, but for you. Yeah, I mean, I know when I want, I want it to come out like in early 2022. Like it would be unrealistic and and I, I wouldn't want to launch in the holidays anyway. So, you know, figure I've got plenty of time 
I've got plenty of time to finish. Yeah, I'm not starting from scratch at all. So I don't even kind of care about the date. So like you said, I think just coming up with the system and I'm 100% having this conversation is really crystallized for me. I just need to make the system and then I will rise to the level of this. I'll automatically just do the thing. And it's, it's, uh, and I just never, yeah, it's like when I moved home, I didn't, it wasn't at a conscious level. It didn't occur to me that it was a systemic change or I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It's certainly a routine. It was a change in my routine and, uh, I didn't respect the impact that was going to have on some of my goals or systems that would have achieved the goals. Well, yeah, it's the consequences of any action. So, so what you got was you got more interactive time with your kids and what you got yeah. was less uninterrupted time <laughs> to do the right. business. And so, so, you know, there's a compromise in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not even hard. Like, like now that it's conscious, I don't know exactly what the system would be like on the spot right now, but I know that there's a, like, I, I have some ideas and so here's here's the key thing for me in my situation, and maybe this will help people who are listening. Um, I have the time, right? But I just let the time, you know, like oh, I'm just pushing the kids on the swing, or like go to go to Lowe's and get some two by fours or something. <laughs> like I just let stuff fill up my schedule. I have plenty of time in my schedule to do it. It's not that. It's just I need to, um, and and for me, maybe this helps other people. I just need to tell my wife I'm working on a book. That's all because I never told my wife I was working on a book. So, oh, that's interesting. right, right, because she's been through me writing a book before. She knows what it looks like. Yeah. And she knows what good comes of it. Like she knows it's a good thing, but it's a mode. You know, it's like I told mm-hmm. my entire family when I had to go through uh, candidate training, black belt candidate training, because it was going to affect my social life. It was going to affect my entire life. So like if anybody was like, oh, it's, you know, like, like you know, my daughter and my mom's and probably a couple of other family birthdays are in that time period. I'm just like, oh, you know, cards in the mail. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to anything. Um, yep. I'll, I will see you in after Thanksgiving. Cause that's when the test was, it was right, right before Thanksgiving. I was, I'll see you on Thanksgiving and, uh, pretend I don't exist for the next three months. Yes. That's funny. I did the same thing for August, but uh, but I made a commitment because my husband's more social than I am. So I said, okay, we can go out to things, but we are not hosting anything. I'm not making dinner for anybody. I'm not making a cocktail. I'm <laughs> not doing anything. And I, I consistently said, no, 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 no. Yeah, right. But I, I, I can't, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I could do that for a year, but, you know, for 30 days, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's just what I need to do. So I need to look at my calendar, be like, all right, what what would be the fun way to do this? I need to figure out how to be uninterrupted, which guaranteed will mean leaving the house, which is something I have barely done for the past 18 months to two years. So that's a big routine shift. But I mean, can you sit outside this time of year? Like if you went to Starbucks or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I, and I know that my I write best when I'm in a chaotic environment that is that is not my problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in college, I used to sit in the cafeteria with chaos and noise going on all around me. That was my best study. I don't know why, but something about everybody else being busy and having to do stuff and being productive or whatever they're doing or social, it makes somehow that focuses me. It's the weirdest because so many people need like perfect quiet. I need oh. the opposite. 
But how great, one, that you know that, but two, you can build that into your system. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but I mean, you're defining what's going to make this work for you. Yeah, I need to go to a coffee shop and start writing, like period. Like that's yeah. the answer. Yeah. Right. Done. Boom. Next. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's a massive change for our, for our lifestyle. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it it's not a, it's not a. Uh, when I say massive, it's just very different from what our lifestyle's been. It's not like problematic in any way. It's just it's just like a conversation needs to be like, okay, like my schedule's going to change. You know, I can't like, uh, like there's this constant assumption that like, like we're both home basically all the time, but there's this sort of assumption that if I'm, uh, I'm in the house, then Erica can just like leave and go shop. She'll be like, text me or whatever. Like, oh, I'm going to go shopping. So it, it will affect her routine too, because if I'm not home, then that means she's trapped at the house. Ah, gotcha. Right. So I can't yeah. just like be like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Not if you want to stay married. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to go to Target. It's like, oh, right. So it just needs to be, honestly, I think that's the main thing. Just like have the conversation. Like, here's this, here's the plan. I got to, I got to finish this book. Uh, I need to be out of the house to do it. And she's going to be like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. But then we need to just work out the family schedule. Like, okay, when, what days do you definitely mm-hmm. not have to go out or can take the kids with you yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And you, you know, cause once you have the boundary, you can all work with around the boundary, but if it's not set, we're not going to work around it. Yeah. It just, it just ends up in that moment where I'm like, Ugh, I should really go to the Starbucks, but uh, I think Erica's going to go out. It's just like, boom, gone, you know, disappears. Yeah. Well, I think I, I don't remember if I said this on the show before, but I, I have a client who it's how he wrote his second book. He would go to Starbucks. It was usually on Mondays, which I always thought was interesting because you would think Monday morning would be, you know, the time you want to be in the office. He had a team of people that worked mm. with him. But he said, no, Monday morning, I got to go write. And he would go for a, more like you. He would go like for three or four hours. And yeah. then, boom, and then he would typically, when he was in major writing mode, he would do that sometimes three days a week, but always two. Mm-hmm. And it worked for him. Yeah, yeah, right. And I've heard, uh, I mean, famous writers are like, they write every single day. It's their main job. That's all they've written. That's not all they do, but, you know, it's their primary income. And so obviously the whole household is aware that daddy needs to write or mommy <laughs> needs to write. Yeah. So for me, it's not like that. It's not like a primary thing. Uh, I think if you ask my kids, uh, like, w- what activity do I do the most? They'd be like, you're always on the phone. Yeah. It seems to them. them like I'm always on the phone, like podcasting or talking to students or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it just needs to be like daddy's writing and then just figure out what that is. And who knows? Maybe there is even a way. I mean, I just de- I did just deck out the garage. I theoretically could. That, that actually oh. would be far enough away for me. Because it's well, sometimes detached. it's just it's just the barrier. Like when I was writing, the rule is if the door is shut, if somebody's not on fire, I don't want to hear <laughs> anything, and and no texts. I say don't even text me. I mean, again, unless something's on fire, I don't I don't want to be interrupted. And I always laugh because my husband is a producer, so he's always you know flying ninety miles an hour with his hair on fire. Like if he's not doing that, he feels like he's not working hard enough. So it's such an opposite thing. He's like, how can you sit there for four hours and just think and write? Like how can you do that? I said, how can I not? That's like my favorite <laughs> I thing. I can't think when there's all these interruptions. So, but but again, it goes back to what's the right system for you, you Jonathan, you the listener. Mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. going to make this work for you and we deserve to be able to carve out a space to produce this kind of work i mean it goes with the authority space 
whether it's a book oh, yeah. or some other kind of content, it could be a course you're working on, um, whatever it takes to be able to create and produce a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for someone in this space, you need to come up with new, whatever you want to call it, thought leadership, content, whatever you want to call it, have new insights and then crystallize them into some form. And there's just a certain certain type of form, aka a book, or it could be a course, it's like a big thing that you're trying to get out and needs to be cohesive Mm-hmm. needs to make sense have a yep. have an impact it just needs to hang together it takes a it's like it's a lot of work it's a big undertaking and it's not something that you can just imagine is going to work itself out which is kind of how I i've know. been acting i know well you know i just sidebar you know i've done courses and i've always felt really great when especially when i see the visual cuz it just doesn't seem like it's real till i have the visual but i'll tell you when i saw those book covers i was like oh my god this like this is real yeah i created something yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a really funny thing about how tangible a book is again yeah. this is just how it felt for me course you know i was really happy to produce it and glad it was done and all of that but the book just feels different it feels like it's a it's a real thing well it will be a tangible thing yeah 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 and my dog is about to interrupt me because <laughs> she is ready to go out so did we go all the way around the bend here have we i i think i think we did i mean it's it's all comes back to your systems we fall I, that's why i love that quote so much we fall to the level of our systems yeah yeah, the outcome you're getting right now is it, the inevitability of your, the systems that you have created for yourself. Or like me, in my particular case, have have just let organically be created. I didn't like intentionally do anything. Mm-hmm. I just sort of like life, fell life, into it, a switch. Yeah, life and COVID happened. I mean. Yeah. Yep. So I, gotta, I need to happen to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's your turn your, to your, grab onto the reins. Yeah, my turn. Cool. All right. And your turn too, dear listener. You probably know you have a book in you, but maybe you don't know that, but you probably do have one in there. You probably need to write one. And well, we'll see. We'll see if it works. If, you know, I stick to it or if I'm just. Oh, come on. You're you're, going to stick to it because the the listeners and moi will not let you not stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you'll do it. Yep. Cool. All right, folks. Well, hopefully that, that helps somebody besides just me. (laughs) <laughs> all right that's it for this week i'm jonathan stark and i'm rochelle moulton and we hope you join us again next time for the business of authority bye bye